Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Yes, you, fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. Every week we meet at this table to experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other through our joys and our lessons learned. We share topics that tradition tells us there's some things you just don't talk about. But here, here we live beyond both the judgment and the wreckage. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week, we start right where we are. Although many of your voices will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. However, you must come dressed in your inner awesome, believing that impossible is merely a word. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, Cablecast on Cox and Verizon Files, Channel 37, and Comcast, Channel 27 in Reston, and webcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Should you miss us? No worries. You can catch our archive, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G., where you listen to your favorite podcasts or in my media room at tyragarlington.com. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, you know that's easy. Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Thanks so very much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. This month, we're celebrating life. Memories, relationships, accomplishments, dreams, and more. In fact, every week this month, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. will explore the multiple expression of gifts. The theme for this month is Unwrapping Your Gifts. This week's title is A Daddy and Daughter Create a Living Legacy Together. Planning this week's show triggered many joyful memories of my growing up as an only child and knowing the gift of being daddy's little girl. So I decided to gift wrap this week's opening message with the soundtrack of the first lullaby my daddy played on the piano when he came home from serving in the military. You are listening to Claire de Lune by Debussy. As I researched many stories, testimonies, and quotes about fathers and daughters, most of them were almost, but not quite, perfect. So this week, to create a common thought space, I will share some daddy-daughter thoughts from my 2014 memoir titled, The Memory Box, a story of the power and provision of God's grace. My quotes will come from chapters in the book titled, Daddy's Home and Daddy's Are So Daughters 
can become. Daddy's Home By the time Daddy made it home to stay, I was four years old. He arrived after my bedtime, so I met him the next morning. I had no idea he was coming. When I woke up and ran into Mother's room as usual, she wasn't there. Instead, she was sitting on the couch in the living room next to the man in the photograph. He was wearing the same uniform and Mother had on a pretty dress. I was thinking like a four-year-old. The man in the photograph was home at last. I was there. Mother was there. We were all there. Now what? Should I go over to him? Should I wait until he makes the first move? Should I say, hello, Daddy? Where was he going to sleep? My room was full of loved-up stuffed animals and dolls and my tricycle. I was so ready for him to be with me, and yet I did not know how to be with him. Was this something Mother forgot to teach me? Well, there was no need for me to worry. It turned out Daddy's love was the kind that reached out and touched my heart ever so gently and quietly right away. He knew just what to say and do. He leaned forward on the couch, looked at me and smiled and said, There's my beautiful Buncey. I wanted him to be talking to me. Please, please let him be talking to me. But who was Buncey? Apparently, when Daddy first met me, he thought Tyra Sandretta Garlington was too big a name for a little infant. So he called me Buncey. In a split second, I became Buncey. I wanted to be whoever I needed to be so this nice man could be mine. I immediately thought that as long as he was around, I would be safe. I didn't care where, where he slept. I didn't care what he called me. I knew instantly he was the missing piece of my life's puzzle, and I fell in love with him forever. I discovered he was very good at daddy duties. Daddy duties included hugging and laughing and singing and playing hide and seek. One day I appeared wearing daddy's army issue boxer shorts with both of my legs in one side and his army hat covering my face. Instead of punishing me for going through his things, he saluted me. Often he told me how pretty I was. I remember because those words felt new. All the times I had heard pretty before, I thought of mother. Mother was pretty, and I definitely didn't look like mother. One time, mother had to take an exam at her school, and daddy had to get me ready for kindergarten. That was the day that I learned daddy was good at combing and styling my hair and picking out just right, just the right outfit for me to wear. Where did he learn to do that? Did mother teach him? When? The second excerpt is, Daddies are so daughters can become. Daddy proved yet again how special I was to him the morning of my 16th birthday. I spent the night before at my girlfriend's house across the street. I don't know how he did it, but Daddy timed the opening of my front door to the beginning of a song, 16 Candles. Happy birthday, happy birthday, baby, it sang. I love you so. 16 candles make a lovely light. 
He and Mother were singing with the record. Mother was also documenting the moment with my camera and caught my pride and surprise as Daddy presented me with my very first dozen roses. I was shocked. Daddy hugged me and carefully pulled out one of the beautiful long stem roses and gave it to me. He asked me to close my hand tight. Ouch, I said. Daddy, the thorns hurt. Dad, Daddy said something like, I know, Princess, in life, when we try to hold on too tight to things and people who add beauty to our lives, we damage them or hurt ourselves. Be considerate of people with whom you have relationships. Be gentle, never squeezing too tight. Give them room to breathe so that they can be who they need to be to you and to themselves. Three roses symbolizing Mother, Daddy, and me became the symbol of the Garlington family celebrations of any kind from that day forward. I pressed the first one in my diary that night. And now, joining me at the Frankly Speaking table this week is Father Jay and daughter Gia, who will share a few of their stories of becoming a loving legacy. I love my shows that highlight young people who will willingly give voice to their realities about now and the future. I have featured mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, mothers and sons, brothers and sisters, teams representing generations of the future. However, this is a first. Until now, I have had never had a father and daughter. So, let's make some history today. All of my listeners know that my guests introduce themselves so that they can become permanent members of the Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Human Library. Jay. The mic is yours. Oh, hi, Tyra. Thank you so much for really allowing uh, Gia and I to be part of this show tonight. And we dedicate this show to your dear daddy oh. and to all the fathers and daughters everywhere listening. It's our hope that we share some things that will touch the hearts of your listeners. And they also will appreciate the beautiful relationships that they have, just like Gia and I do. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Gia, you know, well, our listeners don't know, Jay's been on my show before, and I had met him and spent some time with him even before that, but always, always he shared his love for and the good news and the precious thoughts about Gia. So I said, Jay, do you think Gia would like to come on the show? And he said, of course, of course. Well, they're here. Jay, Tell us about Gia. Introduce us. Make her live for uh, us. It's, it's a pleasure to talk about my beautiful little girl, actually a young lady now. Uh, I, I had to ask myself, who is Gia, right? She likes to go by the name Gia J. That would be her stage name if she were famous. <laughs> she and, is yeah, famous. Gia J. And, and when I think of her, I think of one giant heart because she's so 
sensitive and kind. Uh, mm. Her favorite uh, singer is Harry Styles, who says, treat people with kindness, and she treats people with kindness. And I love her creativity and imagination and her persistence and determination. So when I talk about her, when I introduce her, I, I need to say that she's sensitive, kind. She loves animals. I mean, animals will come up to Gia when they won't come up to anybody else but come up to her. And animals, I think they, they just see what a good person she is inside her heart, and they just respond to her. And she loves babies. And uh, her heart's so big and so sensitive and soft and kind that sometimes she has to protect it because it's so full of love. Mm -hmm. And she's creative, too, Tyra. Uh, she draws. She writes poetry and has even written some songs lately, too. And when she was a little, little girl, she would lay in bed and write different endings to TV shows. I couldn't imagine coming up with different endings to TV shows, but she would do that. That's her creativity, such a great imagination. And I think she's a pretty good singer, too. And mm -hmm. I love her rendition of Amazing Grace. When she sings that song, I just it touches my heart. She loves fashion. And she is good at picking out just the right outfit for the occasion. She'll say almost every morning, Daddy, how's the fit? And she always <laughs> has good taste. How's the fit, right? And she has very good taste. And she has a great sense of humor. Recently, our family came back from New England. As we're driving back from New England, she was just making up comedy routines and making me laugh all the way back on the drive. I mean, just so funny. And... <laughs> He's very intelligent, and I know every parent is biased because of our love, but still, I know my bias is not getting in the way. A super smart girl who wins almost all the board games she plays with adults, she beats all of us all the time. She's done that since she was about five years old, and she has a wisdom, Tyra, way beyond her years. She can see people's motivations and what drives them better than most adults can. I mean, I'm amazed at her ability to see right through people's hearts in a good way. And she's a good friend. Whoever is her friend is very fortunate because they're always, she's always thinking about their feelings and about their needs. Anybody would be fortunate to have her as a friend. And one of the things I most admire about Gia is she has great determination and great self-control. I mean, many times when she has faced difficult situations, I have offered her the easy way out. And Tyra, she has never taken it. She has never taken the easy way out. She's responsible, and she wants to be an independent young lady. She is someone that obviously I love and admire. And not only do I love her, Tyra, but I like her too. I really like the person she is. This is my daughter, Gia. Wow. You know, Gia, before you say a word, how do you feel right this second hearing your daddy? Just tell me, right off the top of your head, what do you feel like? Um, I feel pure joy and peacefulness and content. Mm. Joy and peaceful and content. I'm writing yeah. those words down. That's, I'm going to tell you a secret. There are a lot of people, G, in this world 
wishing they could grab hold of those feelings, especially the peaceful and content. Yeah, thank you for that. Gia, it's your turn. You may talk about your daddy. Okay, so this is my dad. His name is Jay Little. And I could tell you the things that you would learn just from meeting him once, like he was a minister, a social worker, and he did leadership training. But, you know, there are some things that really nobody else in the world knows about my dad. Mm. And one of the things he is, he can have this, he has the most calming and peaceful spirit in the whole wide world. I, I think the best times of my life are at, late at night when we're watching a movie and I'm in his arms. And he's just petting my head until I fall asleep. And somehow I wake up in my bed. But it's just the best feeling ever. Uh And he always, always, always makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. He just has to hug me and just whisper it into my head. And I truly feel like the whole world is okay. And we're all at peace. Mm. One of the, well, he, no, he is the best person I have ever met. No, like, and I think the best person I ever will meet. I feel so, so grateful that I get to call him my daddy. And no matter how old I get, even when I'm 100 years old, I will be his baby and he will be my daddy. (laughs) You know what? You say that, and you kind of smile. Uh, my daddy has <clears throat> passed away, <clears throat> excuse me, many years ago. And I am still, Gia, his little girl. And I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have raised boys. I am at the end of the toilet paper roll, and I am still daddy's little girl. Excuse me. Technology's fighting me. Keep talking, Gia. Just talk about anything. Okay. Um, well, my dad has this charisma about him. that, <laughs> And he's really, really funny. <coughs> he can get a crowd going in no time. And it, <laughs> he does this little dance called the penguin dance, and it makes me laugh every single time I see it. And it's funny to think about that that is the dance that he used with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> does he have, Gia, does your dad have rhythm? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, enough said. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Anything else? Um, <clears throat> what I What I like about what both of you said you talked about um, values and attributes that are internally driven. You talked about joy and peace and contentment. You talked about, mm, I hope this doesn't go on the rest of the show. You talked about creativity, the love, the, the fact that animals and children respond to Gia in ways that, they don't to other people. So it sounds like you have a mutual admiration society going on here. 
I Let, think we did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. And there's nothing wrong with it. One thing I think research is showing is that fathers early on set the expectation for their daughters for what to expect from men the rest of their lives, including the man they marry. So um, the kinds of things that you're instilling in Gia and the kinds of things that she receives from you and exchanges with you shows a healthy relationship that will grow into the future. And I just think that's beautiful. I really well, do. You know, Tyra, you're, you're right. I am so aware <clears throat> all the time of how I treat Gia and how the impact that's going to have on the men that she accepts in her life and so I often tell her, Gia, you see the way I treat you with kindness, love, and respect. If somebody that you date or later on marry doesn't treat you with kindness, love, and respect, what are you going to do? So, Gia, what are you going to do? I'm going to kick him out of town. <laughs> Now, Gia, I have never, I have never met you, Gia, but I'm guessing that you're probably going to need some martial arts to go along with all this other good stuff for when you start the kicking, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jay, um, right, this seems like the perfect time for my listening audience. I always talk to my guests uh, on the phone before we do the show, and uh Gia was sharing some of the things she likes to do creatively. And she told me she had a, a poem and a song. And so, Gia, the song is special, isn't it? You want to share it with your audience, why you wrote the song and what the lyrics say? Yes. So I wrote this for my dad for Christmas a whole year ago. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's called You and Me. Uh, here are the lyrics. Hey, Merry Christmas. Today's a very special day. Hi, good morning. I love you, and that's every day. I love how you're happy all year round and how you see nature's beauty. How you notice the little things, like the birds when they sing or the flowers blooming in the spring. I love how you hold God first, taught me about him since my birth, and always listen to his word. I love how you play with me all the games like hide and seek, the fun we have, just you and me. Mm. Do you have music for that for those lyrics? Have you created music or what? Not really. Well, <laughs> you know, I think it's something you need to think about because it's absolutely beautiful. It really is. Congratulations. Thank you. I um actually want to explore some things we talked about because you told me I didn't know this before we talked that you were homeschooling and so much has happened globally but in the United States over the past 20 some months uh, to change what we do and most of the students for a while were going to school virtually and I think you told me that you really enjoyed that experience why did you like that Gia? Um. Because I didn't have as much stress with those kids in the class. Because I, for one, at my old school, uh -huh. to be, get anywhere, you have to learn how to play poker. And that's something I do not know how to do. So, Poker? Do you mean the, the card yeah. game? Poker where you gamble? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
house. And it was just so much stress with all, like, the mean girls, even some mean guys. Yeah. When I was in virtual and now I'm homeschooled, Mm -hmm. this old weight has been lifted off my shoulder. I hear you. I hear you. And many uh, young women that I talk to uh, and even teenagers are concerned in uh, the whole idea of bullying and disrespecting one another. And uh, I had uh, a psychologist on a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about bullying and cyberbullying and what's that doing to what that is doing to the mental health of our young people. And uh, being able to have an alternative is also, like homeschooling, is also a blessing because I su- suspect there's several other young people like you wishing they could remove themselves from the stress of uh, having to belong, being a part of the crowd, even though you don't like the crowd's behavior. So tell me, a day at homeschooling, describe what happens to me. It happens to me. I'm not there. You're there. Gia, tell me what it's like uh, a day of homeschooling with you. So our audience may not be aware of what that's like. Okay. Um, Well, I love it because I kind of get to do things in my own pace. I normally just have one class a day. It's in the morning. So I wake up. I go to the class. And, um, well, I first get ready and then I go to the class. Then afterwards, I just practice a little bit what, or study what was in that class. And then later on that day, I normally try to do three homework assignments. And that's about it. So when you say you have one class, how long are you to Are you with other students and a teacher? Describe what that's like. Are you online? Um, yes, I'm online. And there's other students there. Uh-huh. But we don't really get to talk. Okay. Okay. So uh, how long are you with them in this one class? Um, it's about like 90 minutes. Okay. All right. And what's your favorite uh, subject? Um, maybe history. Maybe? Well, I don't really like classes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really like any of them. But I'll go with history because I have an A in it. I'm not going to ask you the rest of your grades, but I'm thinking since you wrote a poem about World War II, that's probably right, huh? Um, I guess. (laughs) I don't really know. I wrote that poem a long time ago. Well, let me ask you this. You have an A in history. How many courses are you taking? Five. I have three A's. Okay. So... You're also telling me, in addition to being creative and loving and kind and sensitive, you're smart. I guess so. You sound like a typical typical young lady to me. You guess so. All right. I guess so. Well, let me ask I you this. If you could create a school where you would like to go, and not be virtual, what would that feel like? What would this other students be like in that school to reduce the stress and for you to be able to express who you are and feel comfortable? What kind of school would that be? Ooh, I think it would be a type of school where 
nobody really cared about how others wanted to express themselves. Express themselves? Yes. Okay. So people would support each other. Okay, so they would support each other. Now talk a little bit more about express themselves. What do you mean? Um, I mean about if how they wanted either to dress or what type of music they liked or if they liked art or something. Because I remember I got a lot of like um, people disliking me because of the music I liked. And I thought... That just isn't fair. You, you know what? one type of music that everybody should like. Okay, so now I'm imagining your school. I'm going to call it Gia J School. So uh, Gia J School is open to the public. When you walk into her school, you see a, a diverse cross-section of students. Am I right so far? Yes. Okay. So uh, the students are not putting one another down. They come dressed in their own expressions that I guess are within the code of the school. I guess you won't be wearing swimming suits to school, but within the dress code to dress the way you feel and what you want to say to the world. And you're allowed then to enjoy music that you enjoy without critique. Yeah. How do the students in Gia J school come together to share with one another and respect and support one another? What kinds of activities or what, what things exist in Gia school that makes it so much different and better than what exists now? I understand letting people be who they are, but you use support. How would these students support one another? Okay. So... Um, all my life, I've had teachers wanting everybody to be friends. And I say, you don't have to be friends with people if you don't like them. Okay. But you don't show them any signs of, like, I don't like you, visible hatred, or talking about them. Because okay. everybody should respect one another. Okay. And if you don't want to hang out with them, it's okay. Just respect people. I like that. I like that a lot. In fact, I think if respect is one of the foundations of Gia J's school, we need to spread that among all the other schools. Respect goes a long way. And I like the fact that you say everybody doesn't have to like everyone. Everyone doesn't have to say, oh, this is my bestie, or I'm going to do this, or where's the crowd going? You can be who you are, but you respect others, and others respect you. So I'm guessing that Oftentimes, that, that probably isn't the case in our schools today for a number of reasons. Um, Jay. Yes. As, <laughs> yes, I know you're there. <laughs> I know yeah. you're there. I'm just, yeah. I was enjoying your daughter so much. Um, what would you, how would you help fathers prepare their daughters uh, for a world like today? where it's fast and furious, where there's um, pressure for them to conform, where there's pressure to do things that they're not comfortable doing, and uh, where things are very competitive. And maybe 
the father or the fathers you're talking to have a son or a daughter that need a little bit more encouragement, need a different kind of environment. And maybe those kids are showing up as quiet, maybe even depressed. How would you tell a father to help his daughter uh, rise, rise up and survive and then thrive in a situation like that? Well, I'd first say that you must spend time with your daughter. You have to get to know her. You have to listen to her and listen to the things that are important to her, even if they're not of interest or important to you. Because if they're important to her and she's important to you, then they're important. And so when she knows that she is important to you as her father, then you are building a relationship so that in the future, by listening to her, that maybe she'll be opening to listening to some of your hopefully wise advice as she goes through a tough, tough world. Yeah. And in addition, yeah, and in addition to spending time with her, uh, for me, Tyra, and I know everybody's different, and I respect this, uh, for me, it's about letting Gia, in this case, Mm -hmm. know that she was created by God Mm -hmm. and that she has tremendous value and a purpose in her life. Mm. We don't know what that purpose is, but she's here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that she must value herself because she is valued by God. And then it's going to be easier for that daughter to respect herself, knowing her tremendous worth. Mm. And, yeah, and when you have self-worth, you're less likely to get with the crowd that wants you to do things that you don't want to do or not good for you, whether it be drugs or uh, anything else that she can get in trouble with. And she, it's easier to say no when you're saying yes to yourself and you really have self-respect. So time with your daughter, listening to your daughter, telling her the values that you believe in. And then while we're all fathers, we're all imperfect people, obviously, trying to model that for your daughter Mm. and then then creating a safe and loving environment for her to grow and develop into the person that she is meant to be. You know, it's interesting. I'm listening to you, Jay, and you know, I do uh, volunteer work with, uh, uh, with an organization preventing uh, human trafficking and the formula you just gave for a father to engage and empower a daughter and support her through these times. Uh, and the key thing you, th- you said was listening and the communication. You have to keep the communication open. And if your daughter is feeling that she's respected by you, she will share and open up to you uh, over time. The thing that happens with human trafficking and most of the young ladies that are uh, selected, stolen, trafficked, the people, the men who are grooming them are doing those very things that another father figure did not do. So it becomes easier for them to select, seduce, and violate uh, young women. So what you just described in my mind 
is a formula for all fathers if they're not doing it now to uh, help their daughters understand they're worthy. They came here with a purpose. They may not be perfect, but they're wonderful and that they can be forgiven mistakes And if that's repeated in their minds, when someone approaches them, they have then the power and the courage to discern that that's that's not proper. So I hope everyone was listening to your uh, sound advice. Um, I was thinking of my daddy again, of course. (laughs) Yeah, once again. And, um, hmm. I turn to a reflection, uh, my king of everything, my daddy. And I think I'll save that for a little bit, but I, w- I would like to share with you because it's so in line with what you said, what, what you said. Okay, so let's talk about, we've talked about daddy and daughter creating this legacy together. How does mom fit in? Well, she... She's the mom, right? And you always go to the mother. For, <laughs> I think the ultimate answer yes. and the uh, ultimate uh, wisdom. And, of course, you know, without uh, Gia's wonderful mom, uh, there's nothing I can do to make up for what her wonderful mother gives her and offers her or that kind of love that only a mother can give. Yeah, yeah. And the thing, I liked it because, like I said, this show, I never had a daddy and daughter in, and uh, I happen to know Gia's mother and how delightful she is. So how, how do you, Jay, and I'm saying this because I was an only daughter like Gia, and people said as I was growing up, how does this father make his wife and his daughter feel loved so that there's not competition, but there is compassion. Do you ever run into that, Jay? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a, mm-hmm. I think that's a natural challenge. Okay. I, I've, often, I've often thought that there's a dynamic between a mother and son and a father and daughter uh-huh. uh, that is special. That's different than mother and daughter, father, son. Right. And I think it can be... It can happen. It can easily happen if we're not careful uh, that the spouse can feel left out. It's it, it can easily happen. It has sometimes happened uh, in our relationship, and I have to be very cognizant of it because it's so important that your spouse feels loved and doesn't feel in any way uh, left out or there's any kind of favoritism. Uh, it's a it's a delicate balance sometimes because you love your wife and you love your daughter and you're trying to do the best for both of them. And it's a different kind of love, obviously. It's apples and oranges, right? Different kind of relationship. But I think it's if you don't have a good foundation with the mother, the spouses don't, uh, then it's going to hurt the child. So you have to focus on your relationship with your spouse first. You know, I I love hearing you say this because um, the one thing I've noticed uh, with pandemic and Zooming, um, stories about family sometimes become the background uh, conversation. 
and all of a sudden now you've got a family that is in a house together out of necessity, a house that becomes an office, a school, uh, a barbershop, a hairdresser, a medical facility, all of those things now, or at least for a period of time last year, had to happen in the home. And many of the relationships shifted as a result. And I always ask out of curiosity, how was that managed in homes that went through the pandemic? Now, I hear Gia saying she enjoyed that experience as a student. But you know what, Gia? You didn't tell me how you enjoyed it as a person, your friendships, what happened to them during the pandemic, and how do you sustain them while you're homeschooling? Um, well, I... So there's some kids from my old school that I like to call acquaintances. Okay. Every once in a while, I ask them, hey, how are you? They say it back. And that's about it. I don't call them a friend. I call a friend a person that I can trust and a person that will be with me through, with me through the good times and the bad. And so through the pandemic, it has hurt some of my friendships and right now I think I have one one good friend okay I have another one in the making but I can I can confidently say I have one good friend and you know what that's enough for me it's so interesting you say that uh, I was talking to a man a grandfather who was saying oh I have lots of friends and I said, wow, I don't, um, because that friend is that person that uh, receives and allows and encourages me to be just who I am. And sometimes just who I am is really perfectly imperfect. And uh, they encourage me and keep, keep me close in their hearts. And I don't have a lot of time to cultivate lots and lots of friends. I have a, I have a few that are wonderful uh, and acquaintances. I think it's interesting at your early age you have figured that out because uh, especially in a world where people are responding on social media how many likes they get. Uh, so I appreciate that, Gia, in, in your saying that. Tell me this. If you... Gia, we're going to write a letter to young people your age in the future, who were young people your age in the future, and that letter would go in a bottle for them to discover some kind of way. What would that letter say? Um, I think that letter would say, don't try to be in the crowd. Don't try to be in the popular group. Make friends with people that you want to make friends with. And don't really think about what other people have to say about you. Because what really matters is what you have to say about yourself. Hmm. What would you say to them about school? Um, I'd say try as hard as you can but don't overdo it. Because there's a time in my life that I would study for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really get far because I'd always get 
so tired. By the time the test would come by, I just couldn't do it. So study some every single day. So I heard two things. Make friends that you value, that you keep, and you know they care about you. When it comes to studying, don't push yourself so hard that you're exhausted and studying becomes an enemy rather than a friend. What would you say to them about music? Honestly, like who you want to like. Listen to music that makes you feel happy. Just don't think about what anybody else has to say. Listen to the music that you like You like to dance to, that makes you feel good about yourself, or whatever, if it makes you feel good, or if you just really are sad and you need music to help you through that, listen to whatever you want to listen to. Mm. So using music to uh, enjoy, but using music to support. Music can be a kind of therapy that helps you sustain a low period or to sustain a high period or to transition from a low period to a high period. So we kind of know what Gia J's school is going to be. It's going to encourage young people to be who they are on the inside as well as the outside. It's going to encourage an atmosphere of respect. It's going to encourage a curriculum where students are encouraged to compete and do well, but not to push themselves very, to push themselves to an extreme where they're stressed out. What would you tell them, Gia, in your school if they found themselves in a bullying situation or a threatening situation? What would you advise these young people to do in your school and in your letter? to the future? Um, well, I would tell them if there's like some mean girls, mm-hmm. the mean girls are only mean because they're insecure about themselves. But that doesn't mean that you have to be. So mm. honestly, just like, ugh, I'm quoting Taylor stuff. Just shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I wish, I wish for the young people you're talking to, and I wish for the young people that are your cohorts in your generation today, when they run into that that mean girl or those mean girls who endeavor to make them feel less than, that they find the courage to understand that they are strong and beautiful and important. But oftentimes, Gia, they don't have a dad like yours or they don't have that that support at home, how would you, what would you come up with to find a support unit or whatever uh, unit or place or person for those young people in school that don't have what you have and yet need to learn how to thrive and survive? Well, you don't always have to have a support that is, for example, your dad. You don't have to have your dad as the main support. Okay. You have almost anybody. So I think if every if people just wanted to again, as I said, support each other. Uh huh. Over time, 
this one person that you really love and they love you, they could they could be your support person. Okay. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is very uh, insightful that the support and love you find and trust, I want to put trust in there, okay, uh, doesn't have to. We would love for it to be found in the home, but doesn't have to be there. It could be a teacher, a guidance counselor, a pastor. It could be an older friend or a peer. Uh, so you're saying support systems exist in many places, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so we, what our hope is is that young people are guided to look for a healthy, healthy helpmate rather and wholesome helpmate rather than someone that is going to get them in further dist- in further stress. So um, what I'd like to do now, I asked both Gia and her dad to do something really special, which was to write a letter. And I didn't ask who's going first and to whom they wrote the letter. So, oh, I know, Gia's going to write one to her future self. Is that right, Gia? Yes. You want to read yours now? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, dear, I made it to my 23-year-old self. So, dear 23-year-old self, hi, I'm you. So right now, I'm 13 and a half. I'm writing this for a podcast, and I honestly have no idea what to say. Right now, I hope that when I am 23, I will be studying at Cambridge University. I'm excited to see where I actually will end up. My dream is that I will live in England and either be a fashion stylist or a photographer. I will be very surprised if I am a doctor because I do not like seeing people sick. (laughs) I wonder if I still like to write songs. Just the other day, I finished my very first song front to back. Do I still like the same type of music or the same artist? I will be very upset if I end up liking the Beatles. (laughs) I, I hope I have a best friend in 10 years. I hope I'm I'm still friends with Liberty. She has really helped me a lot, and I'm very grateful to God for her. I really hope that I am having a fun life at 23. And I don't mean being invited to loads of parties. I mean being content with where I am and being proud of all that I've achieved. Right now, I think my biggest achievement would be speaking at my grandma's funeral. The mayor said I was the best speaker that day. Now, I think I should end this on some advice even though my 23-year-old self would be the wiser one. A couple of months ago at youth group, I had to write a couple of goals for the year. I wrote, live life to the fullest. I believe that when life presents an opportunity, take it. So 23-year-old self, continue to be happy and love yourself. Best wishes, Gia J. Gia J. Girlfriend, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I didn't know you wanted to live in England. I didn't know oh, you wanted yeah. to be a fan. This is wonderful. Now, you do understand that um, dreams and hopes tend to change as we grow older. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, wondering, <laughs> just wanted to remind you of that. But it sounds wonderful. I can't, I don't know if I'll be around, but uh, I have a feeling you're going to achieve all your goals. That's awesome. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, Daddy? Yes, Tara. <laughs> Do you have a letter you want to share? 
Yes, I have a letter to Gia I'd like to share. Okie dokie. All right. Dear Gia, words will never be able to tell you how grateful I am that God gave me such a wonderful daughter. Each moment raising you is an honor and a blessing. I'm thankful for all the time we get to spend together talking and playing. From playing different characters to kickball, football, basketball, to drinking milk from a carton in a way no civilized person ever should. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) You should see it, Tara. I feel so fortunate to spend so much meaningful time with you. From me getting breakfast for you in the morning to our butterfly kiss as I tuck you in at night. From the first time I held you in my arms, I knew you were a beautiful miracle. You were, as the doctor said, majesty. And all the times I carried you to bed when you fell asleep in the car, to the times I carried you as a little girl on my shoulders, sorry when I bumped your head, (laughs) and now, now watching you grow up, to become a beautiful young lady. I have been so, so blessed. I try to be the best daddy I can for you, to make you feel safe, loved, listened to, and respected. Remember, all the guys in your life must treat you this way and never settle for less because you are worth being truly loved. Now, Gia, I wish I could teach you everything to help you in your life. But you'll have to learn a lot on your own. That's part of the adventure and becoming the person God created you to be. Still, while I can't teach you everything, there are some things I want you to know. Be kind to people, even when they are not kind to you. If they continue to hurt you, then you must walk away. But love others as you love yourself. So make sure you love yourself, Gia. You were made in the image of God, and he has a purpose for your life, and it's going to be so exciting to see what that will be. Hey, maybe a professor at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Find something that you love to do, using that wonderful mind and talents that God has given you. And also make sure you can support yourself and the lifestyle that makes you happy. But most of all, develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. He created you and loves you even more than you can imagine. In happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. And in every moment, Gia, thank God. In hard times, never give up. And there are going to be hard times in your life, like everyone's life. So never, never give up. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Faith, persistence, and determination will get you where you want to go. And more than anything, my precious girl, I want you to know how proud I am of you just for who you are. You don't have to have straight A's. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. You are so loved by me already, and nothing can ever change that. 
always remember I love you more than anything in the world. And to me, you are a gift from God. I've got the best daughter. Love, Daddy. Thank you so much, Daddy. Uh, We'll have a conversation about that. It was beautiful. I'd like to, you know how I like to leave a little soul food on the table. This one is about children. It's a quote from the prophet from, uh, by Gahil, Galil Gibran, published in 1962. And a woman who held a babe against her bosom said, Speak to us of children. And he said, Your children are not your children. They are sons and daughters of life longing for itself. They come through you, but are not from you. And they are with you, yet they do not belong to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. But their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backwards, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are set forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his right might and his arrows may go swift and far let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness for even as he loves the arrows that flies so he loves also the bow that is stable you've been listening to tyra g until next time